0: League Championship and have beaten the Padres for- H-Y-Y and Billy Penn. It is hitting season. Hey there, everybody. I'm John Stolnes from The Good Fight. You can follow me on Twitter at John Stolnes. And coming up, my podcast pals, we're going to talk about this Philly sweep of the Mets. I know maybe we're a little bit of a day late, but we're not going to be a dollar short here on uh, on this episode of the podcast because we're really going to be looking at this Mets series and looking ahead here at the last week of the season. And as we, as we speak, as we record here on Monday night, the magic number for the Phillies to clinch a playoff spot is down to one. And it's not technically one to clinch the top wild card spot, but the Diamondbacks losing to the Yankees on Monday created a whole slew of scenarios where basically Phillies need to win one game, Brewers need to lose a game, or they win a game, or the Cubs need to lose a game, and we're in. And they got the top wild card, and the last five games of the season are all gravy. So it is setting up to be a, a nice, relaxing week ahead of what we hope will be a long and insane playoff run here in 2023. Joining me here tonight, my good buddy Justin Clue to help me wrap all this stuff up. Baseball perspectives, of course. And uh, from the Dirty Inning and absolutely hammered on the Patreon, follow him on Twitter at Justin underscore Clue. Justin, what's up, pal?
1: I really wish our friend Liz Rozier had been available to join us tonight because I wanted to ask her how much of her life was going to become Travis Kelsey Taylor Swift yes Uh, blog posts in the months
0: (laughs) i imagine i imagine the the higher ups at yahoo are interested in that particular topic yes i agree with that (laughs)
1: that's a that's a shame but fortunately we have uh we have other things to talk about in regards to the phillies and yeah i I gotta say i know we're gonna get into it but there's never a an an unsatisfying time to complete a four-game sweep of the mets i I think a lot about the late season i want to say like 2016 17 era where um me and liz actually had a sad little tailgate without even a car uh for the last phillies game of the season at citizens bank park for you know quote-unquote fan appreciation day when it was raining a lot like it was this weekend because it's hurricane season we were standing (laughs) under like just like camped out by this one post like splitting a six-pack uh and we got we went into the game and watched like the mets clinch at home i may be confusing like one or two or three different <laughs> end of season scenarios here, but sure. something like this occurred once and watching the Mets celebrate on the, on the field was like a huge bummer. So to be able to just sweep the Mets in any fashion is a thrill to do it now. when the Phillies are just, you know, they got to r- rack up wins. Like just keep winning. That's going to be in their best interest Uh, and, and to beat them at home. And even with the, just the possibility of clinching, even though it, it came off the table because of what other teams were doing, you know, that, that was still, it was still very, Very satisfying and a uh, springboard emotionally, I would
0: say. Yeah. Yeah, a four game sweep too, not just a three game sweep. Yeah. They swept all four games against a Mets team that, really, over the last couple of weeks, has played spoiler for a couple of these wild card teams that are behind the Phillies right now. And so there was a little bit of a concern that the Mets might be feeling a little bit frisky. And I think this is one of the things that you can see separates the Phillies from the other wild card contenders. Is a lot of these other teams are kind of ba- the other teams that get in, whether wild card two, wild card three, they're going to be backing into the playoffs because none of those teams are playing very well right now. The Diamondbacks can't string together any kind of consistency. The Cubs had gotten red hot and then they started struggling tremendously. The Marlins have not been able to regain solid footing. Both these all three of those teams are are kind of struggling at the moment and it's going to be Uh, whoever gets in backs into the playoffs in those last two spots. And here in this September of 2023, unlike previous Philly Septembers, this team is surging here during the course of the last week of the season. And thankfully the schedule got a whole lot easier. They, you know, and you, I heard you guys talking about it on uh, the last edition of Hit and season, talking about that game against Atlanta, that series finale, uh, that win with the Nick Castellanos uh, fly ball that he caught and threw home and all that kind of stuff. And I know, I think you guys, you know, you had talked about it, like it was a, a springboard, and that it was kind of an important game. But you know, I wonder what happens in this met series if they if they lose that game. That's a game that in previous September's they they lose a lot of times, and and this September they they pull it out. And I don't know that the you know what that means necessarily, but. They've they've ridden they've I mean they to win that Atlanta series, to win that Brave series after after beating the St. Louis Cardinals in in the series before, but losing two straight series at home, you get that win. That's just gotta be such an emotional lift for that team. And I wonder if that didn't carry them in this New York series, because the Phillies just look like a team from start to finish, played just an impressive display of baseball the whole weekend. Um they really they really just looked like a team that was that the wins were inevitable almost it never none of those four games did I really think the Phillies were going to lose any of those four games Justin
1: this is where I disagree entirely. I feel like the, fabulous th- the Phillies you know they did not feel like a different team uh here th- this Phillies team is defined by its ability to fluctuate from extreme to extreme. In one series, they swing at everything and feel the ball like it's whispering their darkest secrets every time they try to pick it up. The next, they hit eight homers in three games and get seven innings out of Aaron Nola somehow. The 2023 Phillies gorge on a couple of devastating losses and then belch out five straight wins, honestly. So uh, them losing, if they had lost that game that Castellanos uh, saved with his play, uh, yeah, that uh, would have definitely, living in the fallout of that would have been really difficult. Um, But this series, you know, this wasn't surprising then to see them, and it wouldn't have been even if they had lost that game, to see them sweep the Mets. They have short memories and no emotional scars. Them sweeping a team they should have no trouble beating makes as much sense as them losing three out of four to a team that's given up on the season. But the trick is they're not a bad team. They're just not the best team. They're not as disciplined and reliable as a best team. They are a dancing puppet that every couple of weeks gets its strings cut. They Mm -hmm. completely had this in them. And there was nothing out of character or seemingly different. They are consistently inconsistent. And frankly, in the postseason, teams are going to be scared of them because they know they're the kind of lower-ish seed contender that might and in the past in some cases have, embarrassed better teams than them. So I was very pleased and not particularly surprised by this outcome against the Mets because the wins and losses have come, but the vibes have never changed around this team. The pulse has always been very steady with the players, not the fans, Mm -hmm. but with the Mm -hmm. players, it has been very steady. So maybe we have perceived that things have changed, but I don't think for the team themselves that they really have. So to see them win this series was thrilling and great and very satisfying but I, I can't say that I saw them being like a different team I think your point is that like entering September they were starting to show you know they're being a little more wobbly than they had been in August but that was right. almost just a transition period from like which guys in the lineup were going to be the big contributors to the next set of guys who are going right. to be the big contributors which I I,
0: I, I, I think I'm kind of comparing this team to previous Septembers you know like they, they, The Phillies had a very similar August last year and then rolled into September and struggled. And we remember that series against the Cubs in, in Chicago was right around this time. I think it was their uh, I don't know if it was their their third to like their their the third final series of the you know they had two series after that Chicago series so there wasn't a whole lot of time left and they they really looked like they were kind of leaking oil and they were struggling a little bit and this year it's just in my opinion it's it's just kind of been a a 180 like you're right this team has not been phased by anything that's been put in front of them all the we're gonna look back on the season and all those late home runs the Phillies hit and ended up then losing those games it's not gonna matter at all like it didn't cost them the division it's not going to cost them a wild card spot like they just bounce back from all those different losses and all those uh, all the iterations of the bullpen and the ups and downs of the different players i agree with you in 2023 really since august the team vibes and the way they've played they've been really consistent and dependable i'm just kind of looking at where they were this time last year and what we were going through and kind of what we're going through now this year and what a sea change it is to see the team surging now and putting themselves in a position where they're going to have home field Field advantage throughout the, the the wild card playoffs, and really they are a top five to seven team in Major League Baseball. I saw a couple different power rankings come out today. I saw them one 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 group had them at five, uh, MLB.com's had them at number seven, and I think you could argue they're any, in any one of those different kinds of numbers. Like this team is surging to the postseason, whereas last year they survived to get into the postseason. And to me, that's that's the difference that I felt watching this Mets team. Like you've seen the Diamondbacks struggle against the Yankees and the Mets, and the Cubs are struggling against the Pirates and the Reds are doing the same thing the Phillies are taking care of business against the against these teams that they should win here at the end of the season which is not something we've seen from them in previous seasons
1: yeah and I think that's totally fair Uh, but I would almost say last year that was more of uh, accredited to whatever problems the Phillies were having with the Cubs who were probably responsible for two of the most devastating series of the of the year? Oh and yeah, the one, and the one you were talking about, and the one right after the All Star break that led to your downward spiral emotionally <laughs> that we all re- right. remember that's right. very clearly. Which because yes. I was like, "John's jumping ship." Oh crap! Should I be jumping <laughs> ship? This this feels bad. So yeah, I think that that particular team was given the Phillies fits last year, and I'm. But that's not to say you're wrong. I, I think you're absolutely right. Going into that Houston series where they finally clinched last year, it was just like. Just win the game. Win the game. We have to win so we can end this. We can end this drama about like is the drought over? And finally yeah. they did it, and it was like okay, everyone can relax. The postseason's a lock. So yeah, that's that's totally fair. I think that comparison and that difference is is very clear. But uh, but as far as like this team and and winning this series and sweeping this series as opposed to like what their play has been whether it was the red hot august or the struggles at the beginning of september th- they really have been the same team by now you just you got to you just be used to it and i know that's hard That's easier said than done but you you do just got to be used to it because that's the kind yeah. of team they are
0: uh, in this met series i think they got big hits when they needed it a lot of clutch hits in in this yeah. series the and they offense, don't always do that, yeah, they that don't.
1: that's that's one of their big issues is like they've yeah. been they've failed to to really um their pitching has really let them down in the past couple weeks that has not been a strength for them to rely on uh but you saw a change there i thought in this series as well uh and as and then you know getting that run in getting that runner on third with less than two outs and then getting them in has also been a big struggle for the past couple weeks but in this series that didn't seem to be an issue either so the trick is knowing what they're capable of and and trusting them to do it it's just you know that trust isn't always rewarded
0: (laughs) Yeah, I'm going to talk about the starting rotation in just a second, but I I do think that one player in particular really came in had a had a series that he absolutely needed to have and that's JT Realmuto in this series. So he has struggled so much with runners in scoring position and specifically has struggled at home and it seems as though At Citizens Bank Park this year, every time he's come to the plate with a chance to drive in a runner in scoring position, or even just with a productive out, get somebody in from third with less than two outs, he's striking out on three pitches and heading back to the dugout, shaking his head. And he finally, in these last three games of this series against the Mets, had maybe the key hit in each of these three different games. On Sunday, he had runners on second and third with one out in the fourth and hit a two run single to left to put the Phillies up 2 0. On Saturday, uh, the Phillies. Phillies are clinging to a 6-5 lead and in the bottom of the 7th with a runner on 3rd and 2 out he hits an RBI single to center field to give the Phillies a much needed insurance run and on Friday was the big one bottom of the 6th the Phillies are getting owned trailing 2-0 they don't have anything going all night long but now they've got runners on 1st and 2nd and 2 out and Real Muto shocked everybody with a 3-run home run put the Phillies up 3-2 in what would then eventually be a 5-4 win in 10 innings but he has just not come through in any of those kinds of situations Especially at home this year. And you hope that like with Trey Turner when after the the applause and, and the and Nick Castellanos getting moved down on the lineup, that you never know what's gonna what's gonna trigger something for a hitter, what's gonna flip the light switch. And for a guy who can hit, and we know JT Realmuto can hit. We know he's gotten big hits in the past. He was a big part of that October run last year to finally be able to come through. At home, in front of the fans at Citizens Bank Park and drive in those key runs in these key games down the stretch is, is a really big deal and you hope it portends for things into the playoffs. But um, it was Real Muto. It was Nick Castellanos with a with a monster series. Alec Bohm had some huge hits in the series and they're doing this as Kyle Schwarber and Trey Turner have cooled off. Those guys were carrying the team for the better part of a month and, and then they cool down. And that's kind of what this offense does, Justin. It's like... There was a two-week stretch maybe in August where everybody was hot. But but after that, you have like three guys who are really hot and then maybe another guy who's doing all right. And then the other three guys in the lineup are struggling along along a little bit. But they're kind of all taking turns. You you haven't had in the last few months a situation where seven guys are slumping and Bryson Stott and Alec Boehm are like, little poodles in a, in a in a river trying to keep their heads above water and get the get the rest of the team to shore you know it seems there, there's enough of there's enough players doing the heavy lifting here during these last few weeks that it's it's kind of you never know what night someone else is going to be a hero and and this week in against new york it was it was real muto
1: If you put a poodle in any of the rivers in Philadelphia, they'd probably melt. But yeah, no, your point is valid. And I want you you to get, well, it's kind of like what we talked about uh, a lot earlier this season in that people would complain like, okay, this guy's doing better, but now I'm worried about this guy. You don't, you're never going to have, and you don't even really need every guy in the lineup to be hitting all the time. Like, you, you don't. You're just not right. going to get that. That that's, right. that's like that one through nine guys just coming through 100% of the time isn't a thing. So this is, this is a great example of that. This is why you build a lineup as deep as the Phillies lineup is, because some guys can be struggling and the team can still be winning games. Uh, that being said, I want you to guess, speaking of struggling, how right. many home runs at Citizens Bank Park with runners in scoring position JT Real Muto had from the beginning of the season to September
0: 1st? So how many home runs he had with runners in scoring position? Yeah. Uh, I'll say, I can't remember that he's had any before the one he hit. I'm going to say none before he hit the one this week. The answer is zero. Zero. Yeah.
1: Yes, he has, he has outpaced his
0: season total <laughs> for that specific statistic. Not that I couldn't you need the runners, a single
1: one. Not that you need them to be in scoring position to knock them in with a home run, but still the point is valid. Uh and additionally, in as far as like the offense in general goes, this this one really uh I think is is uh is more important to this Philly season as a whole. Coming into play on August 1st, the Phillies were 17th in home runs in major league baseball with 113. Today is September 25th. 55 days later they now have 212 home (laughs) runs they are seventh in major league baseball in home runs they have hit 99 home runs in 55 days they have jumped 10 spots in team home run totals since august 1st here's the bad flip side of that stat the braves were in first place with 200 home runs on august 1st the only team to have 200 more or 200 or more at that point they have also hit 99 home runs in that fan <laughs> and are now going to inevitably finish the season as the only team with 300 or more. The Dodgers are behind them with 168. I don't think they're going to I don't think they're going to get there. No. Uh, but that that also means the Phillies have homered literally as much as the best team in baseball. So mm-hmm. that is encouraging. The yeah. Phillies also have five guys with 20 or more home runs right now. And I remember a time when we were like, "Hey, Ryan Howard, Tommy Joseph, and Michael Franco (laughs) and Freddie Galvis all have 20 home runs. That's a pretty good thing. This is, I think, better than that, because Alec Baum has 19. They could easily have six. And if Edmundo Sosa hits one more home run, they'll have nine guys with double-digit home runs this season. So despite their four months of power struggles... Do you feel like this is the hashtag smash the bell team we were promised at this point?
0: Yeah, I mean, you have to say that it is. I mean, they absolutely are, and they're doing it without Reese Hoskins, who... They That's really what I was going to say next. Yeah. Think of this yeah. team
1: with Reese Hoskins in the lineup, honestly. <laughs>
0: yeah, no, the fact that they're doing this without him in the lineup. I mean, Castellanos' bounce-back season has been ridiculous here 29 home runs now in the season a career high in rbis with 106 Uh, 11 stolen bases from him so far this year too but uh, he'd been up and down in the second half but is red hot once again seven home runs 17 rbis hitting 350 in his last 12 games since being moved down in the order Um, just uh, his, his production level can you imagine if they had that last year with with him? My goodness, what what a difference! Maybe the, maybe they get there and and finish the thing off. But um, the fact that he's doing what he's doing right now is. They needed a right-handed guy in the lineup to, to hit for some power. And, you know, it's that you, you've talked about that Tommy Joseph team and, and with Freddie Galvis, none of those guys hit like 45 like Schwarber has. You know, None of those guys um, was approaching 30. And we all know that Bryce Harper would be well over 30 home runs right now if he hadn't been hurt and missed the first month of the season and then clearly been hampered. The next month of the season that he came back i mean it was pretty clear that something was going on as he got his timing back and got his swing back and you know he he's as he's as excuse me he's as solid as he's ever been right now so um and you know it's it's funny you know they, you, these guys do they kind of go they kind of go up and down uh trey turner was 0 for 21 before breaking out of that with a sharp double to left field on sunday um bryson stott is struggling a little bit right now brandon marsh is kind of struggling but again it's the way this team is playing you kind of expect those guys to figure it out and then get back to it and if there's the home run numbers you were just talking about we we saw last year, and we've seen in years past what it takes to win in the playoffs. You got to have good starting pitching, you've got to have a good bullpen, and you got to be able to hit home runs. And there's no team in baseball right now that can match the Braves homer for homer like the Phillies can. And I think that's one of the reasons why the Phillies are probably the best team in the National League to upset Atlanta at some point here during this playoff run because they can match they can match Atlanta crooked inning for crooked inning and home run for home run and there's just not a lot of other teams that can do that.
1: Yeah, and and you know when you have a team like the Braves in the division where they lock it up in May essentially and everybody else is playing for the wild card and you're just watching them be this unassailable team for most of the season it, yeah to know that you're on the same level as them in even one area is is very promising and you know guess what the Braves pitching has made them look very human lately Charlie mm-hmm. Morton isn't going to be available until the NLDS at this right. point Max Fried is not an option
0: no no, no hang on hang on hang on Charlie Morton will not be available in the NLDS he oh. won't be available to the NLCS oh CS my bad all right yeah Wrong so letter. if the Phillies Very if the important. Phillies get that far, they will not be facing Charlie Morton. My
1: point being that yeah. the starting rotation of the Braves is not as robust as it used to be. And even then, that was where they, they when they had struggles, that seemed to be where they were coming from most of the time. So when you factor that in, and the fact that the Phillies can homer alongside the Braves, I mean, those are two big areas where the Phillies and Braves, you know, they, they, they kind of match up, even though the mm-hmm. Braves season looks a lot more successful in the standings.
0: Well, we saw it last year. We, we saw that with these wild cards in here, you can really stumble, try to find yourself for the first two, three months of the season and then figure it out in the playoffs and, and go on a run. And I do think at some point winning a division will generally speaking over the long run be the be the more profitable way to go. Like it's better to win hundred games than it is to win 90. I think we can all agree. Like I generally if, feel that way. If yeah. you got, if you have to choose one of those different things, you'll you'd take the, be the team that wins hundred games as opposed to the team that wins 90 games. But you know, it's, I was talking to Kevin Stocker last week uh, on the podcast and he was saying it's October's you look in October. It's a completely new season. Like what you did during the 162 games before that, they do not, matter at all because the pitching rotation becomes smaller your pitchers all get used differently your manager manages differently suddenly your core guys are what matters more than all the depth that you can bring up from the minor leagues so it's it's a different game and the phillies are i want to talk about the pitching now because if you look at what the the phillies have with with pitching they may have the deepest pitching staff right now of any team in in the National League. The, the Dodgers have all kinds of pitching problems. The Braves are, like you said, last year one of the reasons the Phillies upset them in the NLDS was you had Max Freed was coming off an illness and he wasn't at 100%. You had Spencer Strider coming off an oblique injury making his first start, his second start uh, since coming off the, the injured list. And then they knocked out Charlie Morton because he got hit in the arm during the game. But, you know, this is going to, when you face Max Freed in the NLDS, he's not pitching again until game one or game two of the National League Division Series. How is he going to look after that long layoff? You know, you're not going to face Charlie Morton at all. So, you know, what are the, it's a big question mark for the Braves. And the Phillies have, right now, five legitimate starting pitchers. They may not all be awesome. But they have they have five legitimate starting pitchers. They're definitely Certainly, not all awesome. They're I definitely will, not all say. awesome. <laughs> but, a, but a lot of these guys are going to be in the bullpen once the playoffs roll around. And I, I you know the Philly starters did a good job this this week over the weekend uh, against uh, against New York. You had Ranger Suarez on Thursday. He pitched into the seventh inning, gave up four runs, didn't look amazing, but six strikeouts, two walks, five hits allowed. Uh, Hoffman, Kimbrell, and Alvarado finished the final two and thirds innings of scoreless baseball for that one. Uh, Taiwan Walker on Friday gave up just two earned runs in six innings of work he looked better uh you had on saturday zach wheeler really done in by some bad defense in that game he gave up five runs only three of them were earned and two of those runs on that triple to center field johan rojas misplayed a fly ball hit at him, and uh, allowed two runs to score you could make the argument that four of the five runs really weren't his fault in that game Uh, and he pitched seven innings and then you had uh Christopher Sanchez turned in the best performance of any starting pitcher over the course of the weekend. Seven innings, ten strikeouts, one walk, two earned runs allowed. It's the second time in his last three starts he's struck out ten batters. I mean, my goodness, the, the Phillies have kind of an embarrassment of riches right now at starting pitcher. Like, they're not they're, they're not Brandon Woodruff and Corbin Burns. Right? they don't have like three of those guys like like Milwaukee does and that could be a big deal for a team like the Brewers that could give them a real advantage in in a playoff series and their bullpen obviously is awesome but they have a lot of different guys and once the playoffs start different ways you can use these different guys like wh- how are they gonna use Christopher Sanchez like how are they gonna how are they gonna use a uh, 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 Taiwan Walker and they brought up this kid Orion Kirkering who was electric in his first in his first inning of uh, striking out two with this ridiculous slider fastball combination that he's got is he gonna work his way into the the playoff bullpen like there's there's some very interesting decisions coming ahead for rob Thompson Justin with how to utilize his starters and if we're just looking straight at the wild card round you basically need three guys and i think we know who those three guys are going to be right
1: i think so too and uh that's fair enough and, and yeah I, I think this is an interesting conversation because you know depth i feel like we talked a lot about depth for for a lot of years where the phillies weren't as competitive a team uh and they would talk about like the phillies potentially having depth at this position and and we really kind of felt like we had to clarify that there's a difference between we have three different guys that can play this position and we have three different guys who can play this position well and There was uh, the Phillies had the the latter a lot of the time it wound up being. Um, But in this case, when you say they have a deep pitching staff, I do agree with you. I just don't I don't have my my trust is uh, maybe not in an all time low, but there's been some really discouraging pitching performances from the rotation and the bullpen in the past couple weeks that have really shaken that. That being said, if you're a team going into the playoffs and you can bring Taiwan Walker or Christopher Sanchez out of your bullpen. That is saying something about how many options you do have. Michael Lorenzen, I don't think, has enough time left with the Phillies to rebuild my trust in him. So yeah. that's a whole other yeah. thing. Yeah. No, it was it was nice to see him get three outs when he closed out <laughs> that Got last the game against Mets yeah. You know, that's okay. That's encouraging. But uh, when we saw Orion Kirkering getting um, getting promoted to Lehigh Valley, the question became like, all right, look, there's not a whole lot of places you're grabbing fresh arms or new arms this year, like at this point in the season. So. Is this guy not going to be a part of this? Because it feels like a kind of like a gift that there's a there's a guy down there who's pl- who's been pitching the way he has, who has leapt through the farm system at a record pace, and seems ready for a major league debut. Like let's let's yeah. see. And lo and behold, there he was the next day. And man, what a debut! That was something else. Yeah, we really fun. was. I gotta tell you, I'm not a big fan of Mike Schmidt as as a broadcaster but when he was all about that he, his enthusiasm for that debut was incredible and when Kirkering hit 100 miles an hour with his fastball which by the way i don't know if there's scouting reports that were saying he could hit No not
0: country. that he could do 100 <laughs> no <laughs> I was reading
1: like old scouting reports where they were like yeah he can hit like 93 97 tops and then he comes out there throwing a double digit or triple digit fastball and Schmidt was like oh like as soon as he threw it <laughs> before anybody else could react like caught off guard so i mean that was cool just as a moment but also just long Longer term, it's great to have a just even just one new guy in that bullpen to, to maybe carry some of that workload because, you know, guys' arms are tired and that's contributing to some of what I'm talking about, these struggles that I'm talking about. But uh, as far as depth goes, there are enough good pitchers here, maybe not a lot of great ones at this point in the season, tired guys, middling guys. Uh, but at the same time, you don't need a dominant eight innings of, of shutout, two-hit ball to necessarily win a playoff game. You can win a playoff game with the kind of starts the Phillies just got four games in a row. Take Ranger Suarez's start. He had four walks. He has allowed no more than four walks all season. So he matched, you know, his his season high uh in in free passes in that game. He wasn't being super, you know, he, he didn't have his uh his control wasn't wasn't the best. His pitch count went up uh, I think 106 63 for strikes. Like that was that was not his most streamlined game of the season, yeah. and yet the Phillies, you know, they were able to use what he was able to give them. It was a strong, it was a strong deep start, not a dominant one, but the Phillies were able to capitalize on that, score enough runs, and win the game. And that's what you got to do. You know, they didn't have any of the defensive miscues that you saw in the, in the Wheeler start that uh, that kind of derailed him. But uh, that, that's 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 what you need. You just need a start you can build off of, and the Phillies got that four times in a row. And as far as the depth goes I think they do have a ton of guys probably more guys than any of any other contender that can give you that and the bull as far as the bullpen you have more guys that can come out and give you three outs yeah those those late innings have really become interesting far more interesting than you want them to be but you can also cycle guys in and out and in the same way that you can't rely on one through nine in the the lineup to be dominant or hitting at their best at all times you can't really rely on every arm in the bullpen to be firing on all cylinders all the time either you want them to, and you're going to need some guys to like find another gear, but they're still, I think, I think they can do that. I think they're capable of it. It's been great seeing Jose Alvarado back out there. Like with crazy, Craig Kimbrell's been struggling lately and Alvarado has been uh, picking up the slack at times. And you know, it, it, it's tough. It's a little, it's a little white knuckling it a bit here at this point in the season. But I think you're right that like there are enough good enough arms to consider the Phillies, one of the deepest pitching staffs going into the postseason, And that is a huge strength.
0: Yeah, and they're all healthy, which is something you don't usually see this time of year. They they have everybody. Like there, there's nobody of note that, except for Reese Hoskins, that that they are without. They're going to enter the playoffs, barring anything bad happening over the last six games of the season they're going to end they're going to enter the playoffs with pretty much everybody that they were hoping to have when the season got started and it's it'll be very i'm curious justin how you think rob thompson will utilize his his relievers in once the playoffs roll around because I think Alvarado, Alvarado looks like himself, like he he looks like he's back now. Whatever he was dealing with, whatever issues he may have had, he's he's looked electric over his last few outings. And I think if you don't throw Craig Kimbrell three straight days, I think he's okay. I think he's fine. I don't he's very Hector Neris like in that he usually puts a guy on base. Sometimes he puts two guys on base. You don't really want Kimbrel on the mound to start an extra inning game. Sometimes he puts
1: three guys on base. Sometimes he puts three guys on
0: base. <laughs> um, it should be noted that in the playoffs they do away with the zombie runner role in extra innings. Like you go back true to, to traditional playoff baseball, which I think will also play in the Phillies' favor, given how much trouble they have had scoring those zombie runners in extra innings during the course of the season, and then also allowing that zombie runner to score. It seems as though they allow the zombie runner pretty much every time, and the Phillies really struggle with that. So I'm happy that they go back to the traditional extra inning format when the playoffs roll around. But that being said... I don't know like you know what what rob thompson's trust level is in let's say sir anthony dominguez and jeff hoffman it seems to me like he's calling on hoffman before he's calling on dominguez in certain situations and gregory soto's stuff is electric but he scares the he just he scares me to death and i think i'd rather call on matt strom and and what are you gonna like if christopher sanchez is pitching the way he's pitching would he be a better option in the bullpen than starting game four of a playoff series? Let's say if they get to the championship series, I mean, these are things you're thinking of down the line, but at least for the wild card and for the divisional series, you have in Chris Sanchez, another lefty that you can bring out of the bullpen who I might trust more than Soto or Strom at this point. So that's what I mean. When I say they have depth here, they're going to be able to use some of these starters that they've been throwing every fifth day and use them strategically in the bullpen, along with all these other bullpen guys. And, if that helps those other guys get a little bit more rest, especially down the stretch and maybe in the playoffs, you know, share the load with all with all these different guys, then that can be that can be really helpful. But I think Rob Thompson has a lot to work out with regard to how he's going to utilize his pitchers in the bullpen in the wild card series and then in the divisional series because we as we saw last year, the Phillies only used like four or five relievers during the course of a playoff series. Like you're you're not going any more than like you're you're not reaching for your Dylan Coveys. You know, you're not you're not going for those guys. Like Michael, like you said, Michael Lorenzen probably isn't pitching in a playoff game. Um, you know, and that's that's where Ryan Kirkering comes in. Like, could you bring in Kirkering over Hoffman or Dominguez at this point? I mean, or Kimberly, like he's probably your fourth right-handed relief pitcher, but if he throws if he continues to throw during this last week like he did the other night, I, I don't he, he probably has the best overall arsenal of any of their right-handed relievers right now. So maybe you, maybe you throw the kid to the fire. I don't know how much you, you would feel comfortable using Kirkering right now. Because we've only seen him once. Well, that's also
1: the benefit of it. Major League hitters have only seen him once. And right. I know there have been plenty of young relievers who didn't go on to prolific careers, but who dominated their first time through the league. So that is a benefit to him, regardless of how his career goes. And Francisco
0: and a- Rodriguez did very something very similar to this with the Angels back in 2002. Right. You bring a guy up he's a
1: complete he's a complete stranger to the opposing lineup and that alone is a strength let alone a guy with as electric stuff as uh, kirkering seemed to have in his debut uh so that being said i mean i'm trying to put myself in in uh in rob thompson's mind and i i feel like he he's he's obviously a manager who's not gonna he doesn't want a pitcher to think that he has lost his role or that his confidence has been lost in them but, I, I, you know, the, like you just said, the playoffs are a completely different scenario, and he's going to be managing differently, even just by default. I, my instinct is to say that Kirkering is a guy who he's not going to hesitate to put him in when he wants to put him in, but he's not going to be, like, the front-line guy. I honestly, think he reach, I honestly think he reaches for Soto first, whereas I would probably do the opposite, but he reaches for Soto first because he truches, trusts his uh, his mentality, he trusts his experience, in a big stressful postseason situation, uh, he trusts him as a veteran, just big big time reliever, the way he's supposed to be. I'm with you. I'm uncomfortable when Gregory Soto comes into a game now, uh, but I do think Rob Thompson might might go for him first. So yeah, I think uh, I think you'll see things change. I think he'll relish the opportunity to have other options like Sanchez and like Walker to bring in from the bullpen. Um, but at the same time, I don't think he's going to do anything to really rattle his typical strategy he's just gonna have a couple more more guys to go to in the playoffs because you know again he just doesn't he just doesn't seem like he wants guys to think he thinks at all less of them and yeah uh, that's gen that's genuinely how he's defined every every single time a guy has had struggles pitching or otherwise this year when he gets asked like oh what's gonna change and he's just like they just gotta keep playing they just gotta win they'll win they're good eventually they'll start winning again eventually that guy will start hitting again the they're pl- they're players they just gotta play and, you know, barring extreme circumstances, the worst, the most dramatic thing he's done is like drop a guy in the batting order or something or let a guy get some rest or or Taiwan Walker misses a start because they want to give him an, another cycle of rest before his next one or something something like that. So, yeah, I, I feel like he'll he'll definitely have more weapons at his disposal and he's going to take advantage of that. But, I, yeah, I, I don't think he's going to change much as far as his like overall instincts and strategy work.
0: Yeah, he's a guy who and he has said this really likes guys who have experience in these kinds of situations, which makes this Kirkering thing really interesting because the experience we've, Jeff Hoffman has pitched very, very well this year, um, but he hasn't been as locked in the last two times he's, he's been out. Um, Sir Anthony Dominguez. I mean, he, okay. He had an encouraging outing against the Mets. He had, he had a couple of guys struck out that he eventually walked, but due to some missed calls, some guys got on base, but um, he struck out. Was it Lindor and Alonso on sliders in a in a big situation uh on what was it Friday night? I mean, that was that was the was the Sir Anthony Dominguez that we saw in the postseason last year. Finally getting some swing and miss, which he just hasn't been able to recapture, getting guys to swing and miss at his at his stuff this year. So that, that was an encouraging sign. I just, you know, at some point, if you're Rob Thompson, when do you leave experience behind and just go for the guy who looks like he has the stuff that can get more guys out? And I don't I don't know where Rob Thompson is going to land on Kirkering. I don't even know if Kirkering makes the playoff ro- play, playoff roster. I mean, I think the reason they brought him up was to see if he could. I don't, th- right? I mean, like, the, the whole reason Kirkering is here, and maybe I'm reading too much into this, you tell me if I am, is because they feel like maybe they need another potential late inning right-handed reliever, because they're not sure what Sir Anthony Dominguez is going to give them. Because they're not sure because they, Craig Kimbrel does have a lot of uh, mileage on his arm this year. Because you, you with Jeff Hoffman is kind of an unknown, and Kirkering is also an unknown. But at least it gives you one more one more option there in the bullpen. I don't know. Do you do you think he gets put on the postseason rotation? I mean, uh, not rotation in the postseason bullpen.
1: Ah, well, I mean, that's a good question. I mean, he he, he gets brought up this late in the season. As Matt Gelb was framing it, you know, he's got, like, (laughs) when he was brought up, it was like, oh, he's got, like, 10 – 10 games, 10 of the wildest, most interesting games of the Philly season to, to pitch in. You know, the bar, the bar is clearly high as far as what the Phillies think he might be capable of. Like, hey, welcome. Welcome to the show, kid. Like, we're trying to lock down our playoff seating, and, and you could potentially be a big part of that. Uh, I think at the very least, they brought him up to be like, look, we do need somebody out there who seems like more of a steady pillar than the wobblier guys we have seen lately and and sir anthony dominguez specifically to say he's had an up and down season is probably a little too positive it's been like up down 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 up down, down 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 up 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 down like you know it's 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 he's certainly not been the reliever they were relying on so heavily last year Uh, So, you know, here they have this other guy who also just showed he can hit (laughs) on miles an hour uh, and uh, is, you know, looked dominant and who pitch or hitters aren't going to be very familiar with. And that could serve them well in the postseason. But as you put it, you know, we don't we don't know that for for certain uh we don't we don't know for certain that, that that's part of their plans and maybe this is a tryout but at the very least they were thinking look we have this guy he has do, he's done what he's done in the minors so far this year he is uh he's done well enough at each level i mean he wasn't at AAA very long but uh that almost felt like a courtesy uh stop it was like a fun weekend in in allentown right. for ryan kirkering but uh at the same time he's he's you know every level we've put him at we haven't seen anything that made us think well we put him in over his head. So, why not put him in the deepest end of the pool and see what he can do? Not just Major League Baseball, but Major League Baseball during a playoff push. And maybe that means if he succeeds here, then he gets to go to the deepest, deepest end of the pool where uh, it's the MLB postseason, literally. That would yeah. make sense. So yeah, I, I can. I, I think that tracks, and I think it fits with the with the Phillies' needs. But if they wind up just thinking like, oh, we needed him for the stretch run because guys are tired, and then we're assuming that recovery they get from him being able to provide some you know, a little bit of coverage is, is going to let them be a little more rested for the postseason, that would make sense too. Uh, but yeah, I mean, honestly. With one one appearance under his belt, and uh, <laughs> as, as thrilling and emotional as that was to watch, my my uh, yeah my my stock in him is very high.
0: <laughs> yeah, and I I would probably include him in uh, on the playoff roster at this point. If for nothing else, then you're bringing a guy nobody's seen before, and you say you know here try to hit this guy. You you don't you don't know anything about him, and that can be valuable in in a playoff series. You know, uh, you you got him. You th- the Braves haven't seen him this year. Can, can you imagine throwing him against? Uh, you know, Probably Marcelo Zuner, it. I mean, yeah, it's like, who knows? I mean, it's, maybe that doesn't work out. Maybe that ends up not working out so well, but um, uh, it's certainly an we interesting thought. We haven't
1: found the level that he can't play at. Yet, Correct. Basically. Correct. So right. let's keep putting him at higher and higher levels until yeah. he fails. <laughs>
0: and and credit to the Phillies for developing some pitchers in, in recent years. I mean, we've. I've been kind of disappointed that Mick Abel hasn't burst onto the scene, you know, yet, but he he, he developed in double in A and, and pitched uh, pretty well at the very end here, of the season in triple A. And I think people are interested and excited about what he can be. But obviously Andrew Painter's injury put a damper on things. Griff McGarry's control issues put a, a damper on things. But They've they've developed two very good mid rotation starters it seems. Ranger Suarez has kind of established himself as a very good mid rotation starter. Christopher Sanchez appears to have transformed from a wild, inconsistent bullpen arm to a reliable and sometimes outstanding left-handed starting pitcher with one of the best change ups in baseball. And Kirkering is is a very interesting guy. Jeff Hoffman has come out of nowhere. You got two of the Phillies' five starters, homegrown pitchers. I mean, they're just they're not the ones that we were talking about, like as we were looking at top prospects through the minors, but you know, they've developed uh, Ranger Suarez and Chris Sanchez, and they are relying on those guys for big outs here in in 2023, Chris Sanchez specifically. So um, just, a, I guess, a hat tip to uh, to the Phillies and for them to succeed at something that we have criticized them for in recent years for not being very good at, and that's developing young players.
1: Hey, remember when that Alex uh, Coffee story came out back in August where uh, she was talking about, Jeff Hoffman's glove as he was yeah. kind of getting acknowledgement. Now it says FAH for F all hitters on the side. And that he, was, <laughs> he was thinking yeah. about changing it to PHAH for F all hitters, but with a pH instead. Yes. And yeah, you know, that was a habit he apparently, according to the story uh, picked up in Cincinnati, which is where Caleb Gotham got it as well. According to the story. So I think you gotta, yeah, as far as hat tipping goes, uh, you know, I don't think anybody's calling the Phillies a pitching lab. Uh, just, just not yet. yet. Nope. But, but Gotham Gotham's work can't be denied. And even if you don't want to do that, the success that we have seen, from pitchers like Christopher Sanchez, who no one had high expectations for coming into this season, uh, that that is that cannot be. You cannot deny that that development there has at least changed because there was a time when we were not talking about Phillies pitching prospects, certainly not without a a, a a twinge of regret or negativity about the future, just because you know, oh well, you know, he he stalled out or he just you know it didn't work or whatever. No, they have they have uh, really seemed to have evolved. Their pitching development and it's really paying off you're seeing how it's paying off at the big league level it's not always in the high most high profile flashy ways because we're talking about this in a year where the Phillies lost Andrew Painter Andrew Painter lost a year and like you said Mick Abel really struggled like that's for them to really be missing out on two of their top three pitching prospects who are really considered like the top three guys uh, in their farm system you know you, you, you That's that's a huge testament to the overall success of of what they've been able to do. So whatever they're doing, I mean, it's it's working because they wouldn't be here even with the struggles they've had at pitching. They've really they wouldn't be here without the also uh, effective amount of pitching they've been able to get this year as well.
0: Yeah, for sure, and uh, and Chris Sanchez uh, chief among them for sure. Uh, it's really been encouraging. He's he, I think he's established himself as a guy who's going to be in the rotation in twenty twenty four for sure. Um, he's continuing to build on an, on his career high in innings and looks to be getting stronger as the season rolls along. And certainly his uh, his workload during the postseason will decrease but uh, he, he'll, he could be a real weapon in the first uh, first two series uh, coming out of the bullpen and then we'll see what they do if they get to the championship series but that obviously putting the cart way before the horse here all right Justin as we uh, wrap up the podcast here we have got six more games three against the Pirates at home and then the Phillies will travel to New York Uh, but of course we are all looking forward to Tuesday's game against Pittsburgh here at Citizens Bank Park because we are fully expecting the Phillies to clinch a playoff spot here on Tuesday if not Tuesday Wednesday but it is going to happen the Phillies are going to clinch a playoff spot they are going to clinch the top spot uh, the top wild card spot which is just which is a huge deal for For this team and so uh, your thoughts as we get ready for a week of baseball that we won't necessarily have to be peeling ourselves off the walls we should be able to enjoy this last week of baseball and uh, and and kind of start gearing our minds and getting ourselves ready for another red October Bud. I remember watching uh,
1: the the Twitter uh, in some earlier year where the Phillies were not making the playoffs and you know, it was probably like six, seven, eight years ago. And I remember somebody saying like, oh, but they're, they're screwing this up and they're doing this wrong and they should have used this guy here. And this was, you know, wisely. And I remember somebody else replying to them and just being like, Let's just enjoy baseball while we still have it. <laughs> and it was such a tired and sad and relatable little sentiment where it's just like, aren't you tired of complaining? This is already <laughs> this fate has been locked in since July. Why are you panicking now? And it's just like we what, what, what matters now is just watching the Phillies play baseball because in a, in a week's time, there's a hard stop on that. Yeah. Well. That's not the case now. Nope. And this feels this feels a lot better. We don't have to enjoy baseball just because it's baseball. We can enjoy it because it's uh, it's Philly's baseball. It sounds insane to say. And really, it's not even true on a lot of levels. But at the same time, they're going to the postseason, and that is enjoyable. Uh, our, our friend uh, Mike Robertson at France L.A., uh, who will be furious that I'm relating the contents of some private DMs? Asked uh, asked us this week <laughs> if uh, what, are, what are the odds we get a the Phillies shouldn't have celebrated clinching a wild card spot so hard take on Thursday morning. And as far as your topic of enjoyment goes, I gotta tell you, I feel I, he asked that, and I was like, boy, the odds suddenly feel very very high that that would be <laughs> that would be some content. And I gotta say, making the postseason. Is 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 exciting regardless. Yeah. No matter yeah. where you clinch, no matter when you clinch, no matter who you clinch over, no matter what spot you're clinching, it's exciting. It means there is more baseball, and you can keep enjoying baseball while you still have it because you're still going to have it for a, a, you know a little while longer. And uh, you know, there, there's no state of of making the postseason that isn't worth celebrating. If a team would rather, you know, if they would rather be like, look, we've won the wild card a bunch of times. We're not going to celebrate now. We we're, we we want to reach the next level. We want to do the thing. You know, hey, hats off to you. I respect that celebrate however you want but for the most part for us fans you gotta just you gotta just celebrate making the postseason and not worry about any of the other stuff or any of the you know any any of that any of those kind of topics because it really is it's exciting and as we all know from watching the last series of postseason uh seasons with the Phillies and then you know the longer series of non-postseason appearances they made these things are rare. You know, these times are rare. They can be one-year anomalies. They can be five-year golden eras. But even so, when they end, they feel very rare. And right now, we're kind of in the middle of one. So it is very enjoyable, regardless of how difficult some of the games could be to watch. And they're going in the postseason. It's going to be fun in October again. So I think that's something yeah. to look forward to.
0: Always this time of year, you look back and you're like, why, why did I stress so much about that loss? because at the end Why was of the day, I mad?
1: They almost won that game they, they lost. What was there to be mad about?
0: exactly nothing nothing matters none of it none of it mattered uh no but this team is uh, has been a lot of fun to watch this year and um it should be a, a nice uh, stress-free week and we get to enjoy a clinching party i agree i mean this is just clinching the playoff. getting a playoff spot is is everything you work for and obviously you'd like it to be you know a division title at some point but you know what man we 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 endured a long drought, man. Beggars can't be choosers, and we got to a World Series last year, being a wild card team. They're in a better spot with the wild card this year. You'd like to not have to play that round at some point, but you know it's uh it just means the potential for more fun for for Phillies fans, and so that's what we're gearing up for here uh, over the course of this last week is we get ready for another Red October. Um, Justin, was that your final thought, or did you have a, a, another final thought you'd like to share?
1: Uh no, I mean just look forward to baseball prospectus postseason coverage. They sent out the uh you know the schedules and hey, who wants to cover which game today? So uh you know look look forward to another October of baseball coverage from baseball prospectus.
0: Sounds good. All right, everybody, that's going to do it for this edition of Hit and Season. I want to remind you also about the Hit and Season Patreon, where we got some bonus content for you over there if you want to contribute to the show. Uh, it's at patreon.com slash and Season. And don't forget to bookmark our landing page over at Billy Penn. That's where you can find all of our podcasts and uh, stream them all there and read all of our blog posts. It's at billypen.com slash and Season. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. We'll talk to you next time right here on Hit and Season.